Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Christ Mind Podcast with your host, A.D. Rose, a.k.a. Lexi, where we come together to shape our minds to become more like Christ. Welcome. I'm so grateful to have you here with me today. I'm very privileged to have you here with me today for you to be listening and just caring about what I'm going through. That's pretty amazing. Thank you so very much for that. Um, before I start, I want to say, sorry, I'm taking off my glasses. Um, before I start, I want to say that I am also, like yesterday, I'm in the room part of my room rather than the closet part of my room so if you just hear things more background noise than usual and you don't like it i apologize (laughs) um but today we are doing the un we are what as you guys know or if you don't know uh every other wednesday i come on here and i just take a step away from the teacher position i'm usually in and i just include you guys in on my personal journey with christ um wednesdays are for lessons every other thursdays just to catch up on again the personal journey that i'm going through with christ because that's equally as important as teaching you guys so you guys can know that just because i teach these things and know these things i'm not above these things (laughs) And um, I'm still going through the battle of truly treasuring the things I teach about. But today, I, the Holy Spirit really wants me just to talk about just how to give yourself grace in the midst of mistakes. And I'm excited to get on that. So let me pray. So I can center my thoughts. Because again, I told you guys I don't have a lesson for this. Oh, and I'm sorry for my voice. I'm getting... I don't know if this is sickness or or just having allergies. But I've been dealing with that. So pray for me. But I'm going to sound gross. So I apologize. Anyways, let me pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit for your love, for the fruit of the Spirit. I pray that you just may enter in and that you just take guard over my mouth and that you help me say what needs to be said to your children. Because even though I'm talking about my personal journey, within these things that I'm learning in my personal journey can benefit your children. And know that for a fact, that's why you tell us to express or to... um to reveal our testimonies to your children father because there's movement in that there's prosperity in that there's growth in that for the other person as well not just for me and so i thank you father for what you do and all you give and all you continuously bring into our lives and again father just center in, have your way this is your podcast always not mine and so i just pray that you just continue to just to be there for us as you always do in jesus name Amen. In the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, this is the third week of Lent. Last week was the second week of Lent. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So, as you guys know, if y'all don't know what Lent is, Lent is the 40 days that you walk in the wilderness with Christ. Um, If you're a part of the Catholic Church, you know like 
what Lent is because we know you know when it hits Ash Wednesday, we start Lent up until Easter. And again, that's where you're supposed to really be in the wilderness with Jesus, where you're taking out the things that usually distract you from your relationship with him and really just being invested with him in these in these 40 days. And so the things that I've taken out, all of them I've been doing great on besides one. And that's the one I'm not ready to talk about because it's a struggle for me. And so I'll, I'll talk about it, but I won't tell you this detail that, of what it is. Um, but it was really hard for me last week. And I know it's because I gave in in that weekend be, uh, before. And it made last week so hard for me. I was giving in, not like like overly too much like how I usually do with the with the specific sin but um nonetheless I was giving in to it and it just was a really hard battle because I was just battling my mind and in the midst of struggling I was still coming to Jesus and I'm usually when I'm struggling when I'm failing when I'm feeling that shame I'm not with God the way that I should be I'm avoiding him because I'm embarrassed and I'm shameful and I don't feel worthy. And so before my relationship with Jesus, I would only come to him when I felt worthy enough, which is crazy because I should never feel worthy enough to be next to Jesus or be close to Jesus because I always am a sinner. Um, But I usually do that, though. I just stay away from him. I stay away and meaning that I stay away from prayer and I stay away from the word and I don't um, do the things that I know that are going to feed my spirit um, but I do the things that feed my flesh more, which obviously you guys know ultimately, ultimately just becomes a diamond spiral. Um, but even though last week I was struggling hardcore, <laughs> I was still going to my word. I was still in prayer. And this week I was still in prayer still in my word and even took the courage to go confess even though I planned on not confessing because I was so again embarrassed and shameful that again I'm about to go confess the same things I've already been telling my father about and it was embarrassing after it was embarrassing just like the thought of going there and then when I went there it was just beautiful because the father is just so good man but um but yeah and so it's been it was it, even though like i've been succeeding in going into my word and going um to prayer like that didn't stop the torment of thoughts i didn't stop the um the shame it didn't stop the guilt and it stopped me um getting stronger in the spirit and and getting weak in the flesh um but I just gave myself grace because I was like, okay, you're usually not here though. So thank God I'm here, even in the midst of struggling and not struggling the way and still not like doing good. At least I'm here. I'd rather be failing here than failing with Satan. And that's what God was speaking to me is he was telling me, he said, you can fail all that what I told you to do, but your greatest failure would be if you didn't come to me still. And as I've been, I've been reading the book of Job, um, I finished it today, 
um, which is crazy because it was 42 chapters and I think I finished it. I think I started in February. So yeah, I finished it and within the, at the end of this month and um, why that's crazy is because I usually read a chapter a day. So it should have taken me 42 days, the kind of the, the time frame of Lent. But Job was so amazing, guys. So if you've never heard of the book of Job, the book of Job is it takes place um, in the Old Testament. Um, it's about this man named Job who had who was known for being blameless and filled with integrity, a man of integrity. And he had everything he had. Um, he was rich. He had, you know, he was fulfilled. He had very much a fulfillment. He had children, seven children. I think I think it's either seven children in all or seven children seven like brother i mean seven uh, sons and seven daughters um he had land he had animals he had riches he had a, a good relationship with people a good relationship with his children his wife everything was going good and then you see that satan goes up to heaven and it is revealed that Satan doesn't do any of the evil things that he does unless he gets permission from God. Which is like, excuse me, so you're telling me God allowed some of, some of the, okay, you have to say, let me emphasize some of the evil things, not all the evil things, but some of the evil things. So you're telling me he, per, he willingly leashed this evil on me. Or some of this evil on me. And the hardcore truth is yes. Because. You can have everything. When it comes to this. The, when it comes to the fulfillment of the world. But can you be fulfilled in me alone? And can you be fulfilled. When you see everything going wrong in the physical part of your life. Can you still trust me. And look at me with the goodness that I deserve. And sometimes he has to allow Satan to unleash this evilness upon you to test that, to test you, to test you even so you can be aware of your own things, you know, of what you are falling short for, falling short for. Because again, it's really good to praise God when we have everything, but it is not easy to praise him when we have nothing because we think we 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 have this expectation that he should always be giving us something good because we're praising him when we don't deserve nothing we don't deserve any of it um even if we are doing our part we don't deserve the goodness that comes out of it it's just his it's his mercy and his grace and his compassion is why we get those things and so he tells job and it's crazy i mean he tells satan and it's crazy because god like satan doesn't even come to god with the intentions of even speaking about job the lord the lord is the one that mentions job and tests satan about testing him and of course satan falls for it because he's satan he thinks he has this pride issue and so he says like oh here he's only praising you because sorry guys he's only praising you because you're giving him everything because he has you're protecting him so the lord says okay good then go you know, take everything away from him then and see where he stands. See if he still won't be loving me at the end. 
So that's what Satan does. Takes everything from him. Kills his children. Takes away his land. Takes away his animals. Takes away his riches. And then Satan goes up to him again. Because Job didn't... Um, is still praising Jesus, still loving Jesus. Or not Jesus, I'm sorry, God, because Jesus is not revealed yet in the Old Testament, but he's still praising God, right? So Satan goes up to him again. The Lord, I mean, but Satan doesn't come up to him with the intentions of talking about Job. He just comes up to him and the Lord asks him, what, what is he, where was he at? He's like prying around the world. But he's like, okay, what about my servant Job? He brings him up again. The Lord does and says like you know like you you know you thought that he was not gonna praise me but he's still praising me and so satan goes well it's only because you're still protecting him because you're still like you're still protecting his health you're still protecting him physically and so the lord says you know what okay go test that but do not kill him though but go go do what you go do what you want with him basically but just do not kill him. You're not allowed to do that. It's only for him to decide, right? Well, he then takes Job's health away. And he gives him the sickness that's like, I think it's it's warts. Or like these just these like warts all over them that are like pus. And like, I forget the specific um, disease he had. But it was a really terrible disease where job was not able to even enjoy sleep he was getting night terrors like job was going through the ringer like through the ringer all the pain all the suffering that you have endured in your life he was enduring 20 times more in the matter of just like like quick like that's how, oh wow when satan did what he did in the beginning he did it like before like how job was presented with all this bad news was back to back to back before the even the other person can finish the bad news that he was giving job there was another person stepping in saying telling him another bad thing that was happening and, and then that person was getting interrupted by another person that was telling him it was four times where he was just getting leashed 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 with all this bad stuff and at the end of the first trial when he got told he lost his children, got told he lost his land, his animals, everything, he still took everything off. He took everything off, shaved his head, but praised God. And so then that second time when he then takes his health away from him, he's still faithful to God. He still believes in God, but that does something to his mental health. It, it does shake Job. He starts thinking negatively. He starts talking negatively about God. He's angry with God. He's 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 confused. He's lost. He's broken. He's in pain. But what's so beautiful about all this? Oh, and then because within the within after you see that in the, I think chapters one and two, um, in chapters three through about, sorry about my stomach. Ew. Um, I think about like, I would say thirty seven. He he's talking with his friends. His friends come, three friends, and they're elders like him, and they come, and they start talking to him, right, and trying to comfort him. But they don't do it right. They say really bad, negative things to him. They try to. They think that he deserves this. That he did something to deserve this. 
when he they when because they don't realize what's happening like in the spiritual realm right no one really no one does and so we can all just assume right and their assumptions that job had to do something wrong he deserves this punishment from jesus from god he thinks they think it's a punishment from god from what he did and job's like no i didn't i've been doing right like i've been living a godly life why is this happening i have innocence here but he's not so innocent because in the sense of his language the way he's talking about god the way he's talking about his story his situation his life it's negative at, at this point because he's going through it he's in pain right and it's hard to talk good when you're in pain and so but what what the key thing is in that is that even though job is talking negatively job is like wondering why is this happening to me testing god wanting to be you know asking god to like plead his case in front of him but if you notice like he's only he's looking at god with this anger he's looking at god with this disgust he's looking at god with his pain with this even this sometimes hatred like he's looking at god with all this this nasty stuff that he's dealing with he's looking at god with this he's talking to god about this he's even blaming god about this he's not blaming satan he's not looking at satan he's not siding up with satan what he's doing is he's a broken he's a broken in flesh his mind is going through a spiritual welfare and he's not siding up with satan because he's thinking negatively he's just in pain and so when you're in pain the human aspect you don't have to like listen to satan doesn't have to say nothing to still feel to still feel those negative things that you're feeling when you're in the midst of going through some chaos that's not satan putting those things on you that's just you being a human being but if you're sitting over there live then going and siding up with satan how you side up with satan is thinking that you know to give into that to give into distraction to give into the lust to give into the worldly aspects of life that is siding up with satan with your pain but he wasn't he was siding up with god with his pain the whole time even when he was saying some really really crazy things he's still looking at god not at satan satan did not and it is not mentioned again after that because he's so useless that yes he did all these like he's only mentioned in the aspects of what is going on with um the evil things that are going on with um job in the physical part but when it comes to like after that he's not mentioned anymore because job's only is only focused on god even in the midst of his anger and pain and disgust um and loss and like his loss and confusion which I feel like it's a testimony within itself, a lesson within itself about, and that's what's been, I've been doing is despite my shame, despite my disgust, despite my pain, despite my confusion, I'm looking at God. I'm going to God in prayer and word. And even when I'm not doing it right, I'm going to him. And when, and, um, so yeah, I think it goes to like 37 where he's like talking to those three elders and he's arguing with it's an argument because they're like talking bad. He's trying to he's speaking all these things, but yet contradicting himself in his speech because he keeps saying unrighteous things, yet claiming he's a righteous person. And so then I think it's in 37 through 39. He goes or 38 or maybe it's a little bit before 37 but then there's this you don't know but there's a fourth friend here but he's the youngest though 
And so he was waiting for all of them to speak because he's like, you're my elders. So you obviously have more wisdom than me. So I was letting you speak. But y'all were not even speaking wisdom. Y'all were speaking. Y'all were not representing God right. And so then he goes and he then goes into like four chapters in of, you know, talking to Job, humbling Job, telling, you know, saying like, I listen to you. You're like giving him, saying his words back to him and just, you know, um, calling him out on his ignorance, calling him out on, on the things that Job was victimizing himself on. And I just found that really beautiful that he then like the youngest one had the most wisdom and the most beautiful things to say. And then in 39, that's when, um, yeah, 39, that's whenever God finally talks to Job and how he talks to Job is he doesn't answer him because Job was asking all these questions. He doesn't answer him a single question. What he does is ask him questions, ask him questions about creation to answer because he's like, I'm the creator. Yet you're telling me that all these things because you act like you know everything. You act like you're, you're telling me what I do. So if that's the case, let me ask you these things because apparently you know so much. So he asks him all these things about creation and Job answers, I am nothing. I spoke about things I knew nothing about. And the Lord says, then challenges him again with more questions and says at the end, are you still, you know, um, testing the almighty? You're God's critic, but do you have the answers? You're God's critic, but do you have the answers? And how much are we critics of God yet have no answers we're like god why are you doing this to me why'd you do this you should have done this you should have been this if i was god i would have not done that if i was god i would be saving all these children if i was god i wouldn't be letting all this wickedness happen if i was god i would already come and take satan out of the world you know we have all these things of what we should we would do if we were god but do we have the answers though do we know why all this stuff is happening at the end of the day no only God knows. So we sit here and we criticize God on a daily basis. But do we have answers? Whatever you're struggling in, struggle with him. Struggle with God. Even if it has to be where you're having to, you know, be mad at him for a little bit. Even if you're having to be talking some nonsense to him. Talk about it with him, though. Because as he did with Job, he will answer you. It says that he says, I knew of you but i never saw you before i knew about you but i never knew you we all know about god one way or another whether we really whether we heard about him or we are in a relationship with him we know god but do we really know god in the, in the sense of having an intimate relationship with god a relationship that is good and bad not just where you're coming to him and your good stuff or not even coming to him when you're just scared and lonely and don't know what to do. But when you're coming to him, even when you are shameful and mad and angry and disgust, are you still coming to him or are you avoiding him? Or are you just going to Satan about those things? Listen to Satan's word about those things about, oh, God doesn't understand you. God did this to you because you deserve it. Those thoughts are not your thoughts. Those are Satan's thoughts right there. Your thoughts are the ones that are going to be just confused, helpless, and lonely and sad because you don't know what's happening. The ones that are shameful, those are from Satan. The ones that are 
telling you you deserve any of this is from Satan. Um, now, of course, when you're putting yourself into situations, of course, you're the one putting yourself in situations. You can fix that. But if it's in situations like sickness and like um, just things you cannot control, like you had no idea this would happen to you, but it's obviously some evil. You didn't deserve that. And that wasn't, it's not to punish you. It's to test your faith. It's to test your relationship with God to see, are you really about it? What is your tools to go to when you are struggling in confusion and loss and pain? What are your tools? Is it still the word? Is it still in prayer? Is it still coming to me? Or is it avoiding me? Or is it distracting yourself? Or is it going to other people and talking about it with other people but not ever really talking about it with me? Because we tend to do that too. We go up to other people and we tell them we unleash all our baggage on them, but but yet we weren't in prayer though and we're not in the word though and we're not talking to God about it though but yet we're we're so quick to unleash it on everybody else though but not on God because why we think we're going to offend him because we're going through the motions of emotions going through the motions of emotions he understands that it's just when you turn away from him and you don't give him credit where credit's due and when you don't give him um, when you don't allow yourself to use the tools that he's given you, that's when you fall short. That's when he's offended. That's when he's disappointed because he's like, you have all this stuff and it's simple stuff like prayer. Prayer is so simple, guys. It's not even funny. It's literally just going into an actual conversation with God. You're just talking and talking. There's literally no way to do it, but talk to God and also listen to God sitting in silence with him and not having anything to say. And trying to get your thoughts, not thinking and wondering, but just centering into the present moment. That's prayer. And so, yeah. And then he goes and like after he does that and after Job, you know, says like humbles himself and says, you're right. Like I'm, I was talking about nothing. I knew nothing about. I am nothing. I am sorry. And so we all want answers right we all have these questions and we all think that if we're in front of god we would be asked we would be wanting the answers but reality the real thing that we actually yearn for is just an encounter with him we don't wait if we were if we were to get encounter with god all those questions would go away because we're in front of god we're encountered by god like sit with that so all these questions that you have that God is not answering yet, he will answer them. But what you really truly are most likely yearning for is an encounter with him. And you're wondering, how do I get an encounter with God? You do that by having the Holy Spirit, by asking him to come in and take over your situations and life and voice and mind and spirit and soul and flesh. You tell him just to possess your whole being. That's an encounter with him because then you're not long, no longer just you and your flesh. You, you, you're you and you're the Holy Spirit in with the Holy Spirit. He is your advocate. He is your comforter. Let him be those things. How you encountered God is by having a relationship with Jesus Christ accepting him as your savior and, and having the belief and faith that salvation is yours and coming to you and will be revealed to you when he comes again, according to first Peter chapter one. You have to encounter the word. Encountering him is reading the word daily. That is all. That is always an encounter with God because he speaks in such glorious ways. That's what you're yearning for. 
an encounter with God. You're not yearning for answers. You're yearning for an encounter. So encounter him. Get the courage to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Get the courage to know who is the Holy Spirit. I taught about that yesterday. If you don't know, go and listen to it so you can understand. We talked about it yesterday in Bible study with my family um, with how one of my theories was the reason why a lot of us don't really, we focus on Jesus, we focus on God, but why we don't really focus on the Holy Spirit to the true essence of what he deserves is because Satan knows the power of the Holy Spirit and how in Ephesians where he tells us, I think it's in chapter four or eight, where he tells us, or maybe six, um, where he tells us um, that our sword is the spirit of God, the word which is the Holy Spirit. Well, the word is Jesus, of course, but the spirit, when he says the sword of the spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. He is our sword. He is the one that we go to, that we fight the enemy with, is with the Holy Spirit. So no wonder why Satan will try, well, is like not letting us really know who the Holy Spirit is. He's often referred to as the forgotten one in the Holy Trinity. And no wonder why, because he has, because he will literally help us battle the enemy so the enemy is not going to want you to know the things that are going to get him um that are going to defeat him he wants you to forget about those things he wants you to kind of know the holy spirit but he doesn't want you to really have the holy spirit so make sure you get baptized because the holy spirit lives inside of lives around you but if you have not got baptized he does not live inside of you there's teachings that says otherwise but those aren't accurate teachings um you get the holy spirit inside of you once you get baptized but you can still have an encounter with the holy spirit around you because he's living around you the world does not know that but we know that because we're children of god so um yeah and so i i've just been i really enjoyed the book of Job, and then i've also been reading at nighttime first peter first peter um is talking about let me see i think it's like holy living in like the prosecution of christ let me see let me see let me see yeah it's called living holy lives in the pit in the face of prosecution and so i'm re i read it already but i'm reading it again because just because you read a book once doesn't mean that you're necessarily understood the book or even got a fraction of the book you really have to read books in the bible multiple times because there's so much revelation wisdom knowledge also you see things differently depending on the season that you're in i mean you read things sorry you read things differently and see things differently in the word depending on the season that you're going through so that's why I encourage you to keep, you know, don't just read a book, the book once. Like, don't just read Philippians once and then never go back to it because you already read it. Keep going back to that because, again, you'll see it and you'll hear it and it, it, things will be revealed to you in a different light because of the season you're in. So, yeah, so I'm doing First Peter again, reading it again, and I'm go I just went over or just read chapter one and also chapter two and... In chapter 1, specifically in verse 13 through 25, he, he talks about a call to a holy living. And I did Bible study over that last night with my family. 
And I taught them the things that I was just hearing about how to prepare your mind and how to, um, cousin, I'll read it to you. Okay. Chapter. Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> it's talking, um, to like, um, away from the mic. Sorry. Um, verse 13 through 25, or I probably won't read all the way through 20, 20 all the way to 25, but most of it I will. Um, here we go. Chapter thir- I mean, chapter one of first Peter verse 13. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God chose just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I'm holy. And remember that heaven that the heavenly Father whom you pray has no has no favorites. He will judge and reward or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as quote unquote temporary residence. For you know that God has God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it is not paid with mere gold or silver, which loses their value or which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in the last days, he has been revealed for your sake through Christ you have come to trust in god you have placed your faith and hope in god because he raised christ from the dead and gave him great glory you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all your heart for you have been born again but not as a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As scripture says, people are like grass. Their beauty is like, is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And, the, and that word is the good news that was preached to you okay so good guys so good um it says so what i was what i talked about yesterday was the things i read in those verses so one it tells us to prepare our mind i i realize that you that's just like the battlefield of the mind as if you haven't known like the battle that you're facing every day is not the battle with the world the battle with satan the battle with people it's with yourself in in your mind it's the battlefield of the mind and you always have to wake up every single day with saturating yourself with the fruit of the spirit like having that dwell inside of you making those things be the foundation of how you live out your life and then also which is nine the nine fruits or fruit sorry and then also you must um you must put on the armor of God. 
the armor of God, it tells us in Ephesians. Let me go to it for you. I'm going to go to it for you, brother. I got you. I got you. Oh, sorry. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so I think it's in here. It's at the end. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. And I found it. It's in chapter 6 of Ephesians. So it says, A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, put on the shield of faith to stop the fairy, fairy, fairy arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet, put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You need to literally every day that you wake up personally, and I'm going to need to do this too. And I have to remind myself of this daily is I have to read Ephesians 6 because I need to remember just because I read that scripture and just because I know it. I need to make sure that I'm living it and how you can live it is by constantly reminding yourself of scripture. And how do you remind yourself of scripture? By constantly reading it. And so I encourage you every time you wake up, read Ephesians 6 if that's if that's all you can do and like if you don't read the word at all but all you do is read ephesians 6 that is enough because you're again putting the whole armor of god you're preparing your mind you must prepare your mind for action prepare your mind for action action in the battlefield of the mind don't side up with satan how do you know if you're signing up with satan you know you're signing up with satan when you're feeling shameful sluggish negative hopeless um you're resentful you're angry you think you deserve something um or yeah if you're just not doing really you're doing so much but yet feel nothing like you feel like you're getting nowhere that's siding up with satan siding up with god you're still gonna feel struggles you're still gonna suffer you're still gonna sit here and not feel like like it's the best thing in the whole entire universe but You'll be doing stuff. You'll be doing all these things. And you will be seeing fruits be produced. You will see God move despite of feeling like you were not moving. 
because there's a difference between God moving and you feeling like God's moving. Sometimes God's moving so crazy in your life, but you don't feel it because you're so distracted on something else or a certain thing you're not doing right. But do not do that. If he's moving in your life, regardless of how you're feeling about it, be grateful. And if you don't feel it, have the Holy Spirit reveal to you how he's moving into your life. And I promise you, he will. You have to have the faith and belief and have the full submission of the Holy Spirit or towards the Holy Spirit to understand things on this type of spiritual level. He's the only one that can give you that type of thinking, the thinking that's above human intellect. And so when you're siding up with God, you're struggling, you're suffering, but you have joy in the midst of it though you have peace in the midst of it though you feel love in the midst of it though you feel humility in the midst of it though you feel patience in the midst of it and gentleness and the fruits of the fruit of the spirit you feel these things as well they might not be the whole time they might come in fractions of a second but you but they're just a fraction of the second of those things give you this hope this hope that should be on god that's why he tells us our hope should be on the gracious salvation of jesus of the salvation that will be revealed to us when jesus comes our salvation is jesus christ the salvation is him dying on the cross bearing our sins in his body and putting them on the cross with him and dying for us and rising again raising again from the dead three days later and then coming to you know obviously establishing his church all these things is the salvation that we need to put our hope into that he's coming again his second coming he will be revealed to us once more he has victory that is our salvation that's what we should be putting our hope in we should not be putting our hope in other people or in ourselves or in our situation or in the world or in anything but that the salvation that he will come and then once he already did what he did and he's going to come again so we have to trust him and we since adam and eve have unfortunately grew this distrust with god and how god had was able to show us how to truly trust him was by being bringing christ into the world that's why it says in i forget what verse in first peter where it says like you trust you trust in god now through christ like because of christ because he raised him from the dead this is why you have this glorious trust in him and so you must always ask yourself who am i siding up with today satan or god and so yeah so that's preparing your mind for action exercising you have to must exercise self-control exercising self-control means Anything that you feel like if God tells you to take out and you feel like you're going to argue with him about it, fix it. Self make self because sometimes I said yesterday to my family, sometimes God is not even asking us to take every that take that specific thing completely out of our life. He's just telling you control yourself. It's taken over. You're getting into a dangerous place. You don't have to take out every take out that thing fully, but you need to have control over it because it's you're losing control and if you by losing control it means you're you're taking it's taking its place of me how you should only feel content in me and satisfied in me and 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 prosperous in me you're allowing that to kind of getting get in my place and so exercise that self-control 
and by and you'll really be able to exercise that a lot by putting your hope in christ putting your hope in the salvation of god and then also we are called to live holy lives to not to seek not to be thought of as holy but to seek holiness that's a holy life it doesn't mean that you're gonna sit here and not do anything impure you're a human being you're gonna make mistakes but when you're actively seeking out holiness actively confessing actively reading your word actively in prayer actively in a relationship with jesus actively not judging others because you know not to judge others because oh he's the only judge actively forgiving others because you know that he forgave you for all that you've done you have to forgive others for the same not um withholding your mercy and compassion for others because he does not do that for you that is actively living a holy life actively living a holy life is consistently spreading the gospel spreading the word being with his children helping his children building up his kingdom you're not now that's a holy life a holy life is not a perfect life a holy life is not this completely pure life where you're not going to be impure no it's just actively picking yourself back up even when you fall and going to him all at all times in all circumstances in all ways disgusted polluted gross in pain in shame in just in uh in confusion and loss and feeling lost you come to him that's a holy life that's holy living and having him and then not just coming to him because we can come to him but listen to him do what he says it also says be obedient children of god obey him when he tells you to do something do it and even when you don't do it pick yourself back up and make the steps necessary to do it a strategy and have a plan with a strategy but use the strategy you can plan something you can plan a strategy all you want but if you're not actively using the strategy it is useless so use your strategies use the armor of god use the word the word of god use prayer use the power of the holy spirit use um your benefit like the church go to the church get in his word i mean get in his yeah get in his kingdom get with his people that's you actively seeking out holiness don't want to be thought of as holy like where they're like oh like you want you want everyone to give you a pat on the back because you're a christian woman or you're a christian man and you you're apparently you do the outside stuff of what is holy so there there you are you're thought of as holy no you seek holiness and therefore you then get you then get that radiance of holiness because they know oh my goodness this person struggles yet they're still going to god and there's still grace and how you also know you're actively seeking out holiness there's going to be a change in you in one way or another whether that's a small change or a big change whether that's just a thought the changing of your thoughts and the changing of your small of your speech of your daily speech or if that's drastic change like you taking out what's keeping you away from god and 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 you know doing all these big things that is how you know you're going to be changing you're going to be growing at all times you're never going to be stuck even in the waiting periods of when we have to wait for god to reveal to us what he wants us to do we're still actively changing and growing with those there's a preparing that's happening there so yeah that was good yeah let me make sure oh and then also remember again 
you will be judged the way that you are judged, that you judge others. You will be rewarded the way that you deserve. So, and don't be living good holy lives just because you want the good rewards and the good judgment. No, you live out these holy lives because you know they please God. You know they give to, that. you know that they, they're going to, they, they're what God told you to do. And you know that he doesn't tell you anything to do that is for no good reason. I'm living, I'm, the reason why I'm talking about these things is because this has been actively in my personal journey of a call to a holy living but i'm not doing all that i should be doing though but i'm still actively seeking out holiness and and getting away from being thought of as holy but seeking out holiness even if i have to go to my father father bolin 20 times i mean every single week in confession doing i mean confessing the same things that's actively seeking that holiness and i'd rather be just active him actively seeing me do this rather than him just seeing me have a veil over my head and me going to church every sunday and oh yeah you're holy like him thinking me as holy but not seeing me actively pursue holiness if that makes sense and so that's where i've been in my life and and it's been a journey it's been a learning experience um not perfect at all in it it's been a struggle um but he's speaking volumes in this time and he was speaking volumes guys at bible study yesterday like my brother had a had a, a breakthrough a beautiful breakthrough and my best friend too had a wonderful breakthrough in church in mass yesterday before while i was confessing and my sister too my baby sister is just also doing such great things with the lord that you wouldn't expect the 15 year old to be doing she's just she he's moving and then my my boyfriend he is such a holy man guys like it's insane and again holy man does not mean he's a pure man or a perfect man it just means that he is a man actively seeking out holiness in god and wanting to truly be a man of god it is so amazing to see how in this lent because last time last last year in lent it was just really me and david in lent but this time i get to experience lent or i guess it was me david and my sister raquel but this time we get to experience lent not only with just which is, I don't, I mean, sorry, me, I don't get to experience Lent, not just with David and my sister, but with my brother and with my sister, um, in Christ, my best friend, and also experiencing Lent, not in this transition where I'm a full, I'm fully in the Catholic church and not, um, going to the other church I was going to when I was a Protestant, but fully being a full Catholic. It's just been making this experience so I hope I'm using the word reverent, just so beautiful and so amazing despite of the struggles. And so today, I guess today's thing is where, who are you looking at? Where are you looking at in your midst of struggles? Are you looking at God or are you looking at Satan in this world? Are you putting the burdens of the world on you? when you should be putting them on God even your own burdens should even be on you they should be on God he wants he wants all the burdens because he knows how to handle all the burdens he doesn't want you to have all the burdens because you can't handle it you get too you get too wrapped up in thought you get too wrapped up in your emotions you get too wrapped up in the world you can't control the weight of the burden so therefore you get you get lost in the burden so give it to him you can't control it give it to him 
trust him trust him trust him and so i think i'm gonna end it there because i think i'll be rambling i hope i did good i was i didn't know he was gonna want me to speak about job and first peter but you know what that's been my life lately that's been my season that's what i've been trying to actively live out is is that and so yeah i've been struggling but i've been struggling with jesus i've been learning to know there's going to be suffering i'm going to suffer inevitably but i'd rather be suffering with jesus where i'm doing where i'm becoming more like him and where it's leading me somewhere which is heaven rather than setting um struggling with satan where i'm just allowing him to just beat me up and torture me and abuse me and just only giving me these temporary things to make me feel good but inevitably suffering and not getting anywhere by it and so that's been my journey so far in lent on on week three and thank you father and i hope that you're doing good in lent if you're experiencing lent if you're experiencing struggle the way that job is experiencing struggle struggle um read the word guys read the word i know it sounds simple but do it it is i thought it was simple and i'm doing it every day and i'm like whoa despite of me not being able to live out perfectly what i know he deserves i'm still here and coming to him and understanding what true grace is and true mercy is and true love is and yeah and it's also been really cool to to watch how he's been moving um i don't know if y'all know this but i have an asmr channel and he's been really moving on my ASMR channel because I spent this whole month of February um, just repeating, you know, um, comforting them with scripture and also in prayer. And wow, he's been moving with them like it hasn't like when it comes to the views, when it comes to the likes, it's been actually slower than the month than last month. But when it comes to the people's breakthrough and comfort and love and just having them, them talk back to me, it's been amazing. And I've been so so blessed to see the way that god has been so good to his people and how i can just be a fraction of just some peace and love and comfort and revelation to them or to you it is a privilege guys i'm so grateful i do not take that for granted um but yeah i'm gonna pray and i'm gonna end this i hope you enjoyed and i hope you i hope you got something from this like i that's the only thing i ever care about is you just get one thing from this I don't care if it's a whole big thing. It's just if it's even if a small thing, like you just being able to know how much God loves you and is there for you. That's enough. And that he died for you and he's he truly is your friend. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Father God, I thank you, Father, for this, for you moving, for you speaking, Holy Spirit. You always just have your way. Um, you're always just having your way with me recently and I'm just so grateful for that despite of how it looks you're showing me just to keep looking at you keep looking at you despite the chaos despite my own struggles despite my own pain despite my own self-hatred talk and self um, self-affliction you're just showing me how important it is just to be next to you look at you and only you and only at you sorry and I pray that you give this same the same comfort the same revelation the same guidance towards your children that is listening to this father and toward your children throughout the world that they may understand to look at you at all times not just in good times not just in lost times but even in those angry times even in those painful times even in those disgusting times let them look at you 
always and side up with you. I rebuke the enemy out of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the sense of the tactics he's been using to seek his teeth into them, I rebuke in the mighty name of Jesus and they shall be freed by the love of Christ, by the authority of the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who, power about, who prowl about the world, seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Thank you guys for in, for, oh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sorry. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. I mean, sorry, not thank you, God. Thank you for listening to this. And I just pray that you have a wonderful week of he- ahead. And I'll see you next week for um, Wednesday's lesson. And I'll see you not next week, but the week after that for the unveiled segment. I love you. And I thank you for all that you do to just support me, whether that's just being in prayer for me or just listening to me or just thinking about me. Just thank you. I appreciate you. But goodbye. <laughs>